Hello and welcome to Season 2, Episode 6 of The LES Show. And this week we're joined by a member of one of the most influential labels in the country, Domino Records. Oscar Lawrence is the radio plugger there and he helps put some of your favourite bands on the airwaves. Listening where we chat about radio versus streaming, who some of his favourite artists are and why Wet Leg went so big this year. Sit down and soak it up. Season two, episode six, introducing Oscar from Domino Records. Nice to meet you, Oscar. How you doing, mate? Nice to meet you. Yeah, I'm doing very well. Back to work tomorrow, so I've had a nice, nice little two week break, which is uh, I think everyone needed it after after last year. Yeah, man. I actually, I don't know. I went back today. Did you guys go back today? Al, did you go back today? I went back today. Yeah, I, I think most people did. Yeah, I was meant to get back on it today, but I've been struck down by the long dick of COVID. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, Man, positive yeah. test to where I first woke up this morning. I was feeling awful last night. And yeah, so uh, I'm uh, going to grab an extra couple of days, put myself back together first. Oh, you're taking days off here. Yeah, yeah. Slack, I I wouldn't mind getting hit by a bit of COVID. Start again next week. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh. So, so you work at Domino, Oscar, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So I do like uh, radio there. So I basically, so I started out, when I first started there, I was just like promo assistant, sort of just helping out with all the admin bits to do with press and radio, which is like, it's a good starting point. Like if you, if everyone, anyone ever wants to get into working for a record label, it's a, it's a great place because you learn so much about the whole sort of running of the place. Uh, but then after like a year, yeah, I moved over to radio and uh, I'm basically what's called a radio plugger which just means like anything you hear on the radio, any session, there's someone like me who pitches it and tries to like get the producers to, to like the shit that you're sending in, basically. Lucky you for me. Send that, you send that to the radio stations from basically Domino's artists. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyone <laughs> we sign, or most, most of our artists, me and another woman called Gillian will, will do the radio. Yeah, we've got some out of house stuff, but yeah, generally, yeah. Did you, uh, like, yeah. did you like, when you went into it, because streaming so, so huge now, isn't it, obviously, did you want to do radio as kind of like a romantic thing, or was you? Yeah, so I had a, a proper debate about this, because I, whilst I was working in radio, the streaming department asked me to, to apply for a role, pretty much doing what I do now, but you pitch to Apple and Spotify and try and get playlists and stuff. And like, it is a lot more figures and numbers driven which is which is fine. I quite have quite an analytical brain, and for some people that's perfect. But radio, it's so nice because it's still got that sort of passion. Just like we like this track, so we're going to play it on the radio, you know. Um, regardless, pretty much of numbers, it probably helps if they have like a bit of a following already. But they will support a track if they just enjoy it and like it. You just need one of the presenters to start playing it with six music or something. You need like. If they're really, if they're smaller, you need like a Mark Riley to be getting on board, giving it a shitload of spins, and then hope that you get a few daytime plays from, you know, a Steve Lamarck or Lauren Laverne or something, and then you can go from there. Just keep building. Do you do you find then like you kind of build up a a client base as such who like trust what you say, and you go back to them, and they're like, oh well, I actually trust Oscar's taste now. I'm going to go with this tune. Yeah, definitely. Like, I'm not going to lie, like, having at Domino Record, like, <laughs> it, it helps. <laughs> it helps. It's a bit of a cheat code, especially at stations like Six Music. At other stations where it's not, you know, not as popular, like, one extra are going to be like, I couldn't give a toss about your email address. But certain places, you know, the place where we want most of our bands, we, you build up a good kind of portfolio of people and contacts that that will listen and it's important with radio plugin especially like it is kind of who you know like the best radio pluggers are the ones that are matey with like or because they get sent you they get sent hundreds of tracks every day by independents labels um you know just 
bands just finding an email online like so it's you need to they need to like shuffle through it all basically so yeah it does help if you know them how much do you get through a day what tracks then in i, I don't listen get... to what how many songs do i listen to a day well how many do you get sent in and then how many do you listen to so i don't get sent too many because most of it it will go through our a and r and like through through the boss lawrence and stuff and then when we sign them i just we we organize um the rollout so like i'll get sent the album ahead of time and then we work it out from there i'm not getting sent like a lot a ton of tracks yeah i probably yeah, get yeah. like one or two people email me a week like hi i'm this band from peru we love domino records we love arts <laughs> monkeys will you want to sign us and i'm like that's not really my job um <laughs> you know i'll share it with the AR team like i always try and help them but yeah i think our AR department will get a lot and lawrence who runs the label he's like still because we're an indie like we are big but he's still like the core like he decides if it gets signed or not it's not like a major where there's people below him deciding he does it all and you know i think he gets sent a lot like he has his headphones on in the office a lot Oh, yeah. man. Yeah. Perfectly. It's cool. That's though. not a bad job, though, eh? No, <laughs> no, not a bad job. Yeah. That's how you live your life, babe, just without the, the label. Yeah, pretty much. Just, you know, people people just don't it. trust your tears, babe. Yeah. <laughs> I know. It's I pretty, look at my filter. It's pretty cool, though, isn't it? Like how Dom, Domino is has this massive reputation. But we all know Domino. Yeah, it's yeah. still a structure whereby Lawrence is the guy who it's down to him yeah it's definitely like it's been structure. kept to like a nice size i guess like me coming in like i can like lawrence is just like five meters away from you you can chat to him he's about and stuff whereas i guess if you go to a major label haven't worked on but i assume like there's a lot more steps between you and like the top um how long have you been there now i've been a domino like it'll be three years and yeah in a couple of months yeah about three years sick yeah it's flown by but i guess with covid like you just, a year and a half just been at home hasn't it like that's just gone i think everyone yeah. just forgets that that's been like time you know i don't feel like i've been at the company that long and like in that year and a half where you are at home like you learn but i think you learn a lot more when you're in the office and like as much as i love staying at home it's nice <laughs> <laughs> yeah especially when you're interested in music and you're working at a place like Domino. I think being in the office is a pretty fun environment to be in. Yeah, definitely. And, and like, you know, the best bit about working in it is that all of our artists on our roster, they got a gig on, you just get, you just get a ticket, you know, like you don't have to pay. So you get all these free gigs that usually would rack up the money. Um, you know, you get out and about and you're taking producers and stuff like it's, it is decent. When I hear my friends, <laughs> my, my friends are like moaning about, I know, law and they're still in the office at like midnight and I'm like I'm yeah. technically working at midnight but I have a beer in my hand I'm like this yeah. is right really isn't it your uh, your smile was like trying not to crack and you're like yeah it's pretty fucking good actually <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, working in music is one of those that like it's so fun at this age and it probably is quality like into your 30s but I wonder at what age you start going how many gigs do I want to be going out to all of this sort of stuff um, yeah, but there's various, you know. I wouldn't, I don't think I'd want to be a radio plugger when I'm getting to that age because it requires a lot of like, um, socializing still, uh, you know, and like going out and about. Which I guess if you've got family, is not ideal, but there's a ton of other different roles that you're more like working on the campaign behind the scenes. I guess you could do your, do your nine to five or whatever, nine to six. It's interesting as well because I guess like. It's so hard as well, like, because when you're this age or whatever, it's just inherent to understand what's on trend and stuff. But I can imagine you get, like, post, I don't know, I actually don't want to stereotype, but you get older and you just have to actively seek out, you could get sent something that to you would be shit, but you'd be like, listen to it, it'd be shit, be like, am I just way off of what's going on now? But is that totally against what what it's about, though? Like, like, isn't Domino, like, Lawrence is the decision maker, right? So his taste... Because what you're saying there is people's tears change over time, and then yeah, yeah. But like the point is like to try and be like, it's more like their identity. But I guess I'm saying more like it's not their taste changes over time. It's like the world's taste changes over time. And then what's going to be popular? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 
Yeah, I get you. He, he, he like definitely has um, people that are similar age to us that he, he listens to in the A&R department. You know, we've just signed wet leg and I'm mates with the guy who was sort of A&R in that. And, you know, he's a similar age to us and like Lawrence obviously listens, you know, pays attention to the, to the younger voice. I think that's important. Like he, he's always trying to know what's going on. Like he'll come around the office and ask me like, what I'm listening to, what I'm enjoying, like what's what what's popular. Cause some sometimes like, you know, he he won't know all of the stuff that's maybe on like Radio One or something. He knows his area really, really well. And he tries to branch out like he knows so much about current music that surprised me. Cause like if you ask my my dad, he he doesn't have a, a clue about what's going on at the moment, to be perfectly honest. Yeah. You know, my dad doesn't run a record label, but you know, like <laughs> it's, it's, I think it shows how Lawrence sees it's important to like keep up with current trends yeah not get left behind wet legs are pretty crazy crazy ride right it's been mad I, the amount of stuff everyone's like industry plan underneath industry plan you go on there usually it's like industry plan I'm like they've just rocketed up like within months I can't believe they, they were doing like a tiny desk and stuff in we only released a single three months ago or something like that it's ridiculous yeah. not like Jules Holland yeah oh yeah yeah Yeah. is they have just blown up but i guess it's just momentum you know like shows the power of it like everyone as soon as you get a few of the bigger things everyone wants them you know how is this checklist then is there like the journey to go on and they've just Um, gone on it super quick yeah in like in terms of like promo which i guess would be the things that you see the most as an outside kind of pie like there's definitely things that you try and tick off along the way with artists from smaller to bigger. I feel like we've probably gone quite quickly with, with wet leg, but you know, it's hard to say no to a Jules Holland because you think that they're not ready yet. Like you just do it, don't you? When you get that sort of opportunity. If, if there is a way of like describing it, because it seems like their story is one of those ones that's pretty indescribable at the minute. But like, how how has this happened? Where it's whereby that they've gone nuts? Because the songs are great, but there are so many other bands who are releasing unreal songs at the minute and have not had no way near the same mm. kind of curvature. It is it's it surprised us all for a start at Domino. Like we we were excited. Like there was a buzz around the place when everyone got sent Shays Long before it was out. It was like this bangs, and you've got like a really cool band with like two strong female leads. Like this is so exciting. Um, and then it just it just went so quickly from there. Like I think a lot of support on Six Music and radio has been really helpful. Well you know, done, Oscar. <laughs> that wasn't me. I'm not just picking myself up. The, their radio, unfortunately, is out of house. It's done by another guy called Brad, so we can big him up. Um, <laughs> But like they, yeah, like every time we'd get an email from Brad and we're in the radio team, like, fuck, he's killing it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, so like they just got all of that. And then I don't know, they've they've been doing it like for a few years. Like they haven't come out of nowhere. Like Rianne, the lead uh, singer, she used to do her own stuff. And like, so I guess maybe they knew a few people already who were like willing to support the new project of theirs. but yeah, it's it's kind of hard to put a finger on it, really. They've just written really catchy tunes that have caught on fast yeah. and pe- people like them, you know. Because it was introduced to me as a, as a TikTok song. It's like, ah, this is a TikTok song, but you like it. Really? That's how really? it was introduced to me, yeah. Which which one? Shay's Long? Shay's Long, yeah. Really? That's so interesting. Yeah. God, our, our marketing team are going to be buzzing that you said that. <laughs> the amount TikTok. of times we're like, how can we get this popular on TikTok these days? Because it fucking just blows up, doesn't it? You hear a song, yeah. like, these TikTok songs suddenly get millions and millions of hits. Um, so, like, that's definitely... A good thing for them anyway so. would that have been interest introduced to you as a tiktok song in the sense that like oh this is one song that's gonna go mad or like oh this is the sort of shit you'd hear on tiktok was that how it was introduced to you uh it was introduced to me as a song that somebody like it was somebody came across it on tiktok yeah 
Oh, so that's what I mean. Yeah, it was on TikTok. Yeah, but yeah, you said, yeah, yeah. but you'll like it. I think the um, the idea is that most TikTok songs are probably kind of a bit shit. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, that okay. one was good. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's I get that. But some these TikTok songs like I'm I'm terrible. I'm like 26 and I was scrolling on it every day. It's so bad. <laughs> I need to get off that fucking site. Oh my god. It's, it's uh we were chatting to Tom Reese a couple of, uh, couple of episodes ago from um buzzer 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 and he we were talking about wet leg and he was like because we we were talking about the concept of an overnight success and he was like everyone just says wet leg or an overnight success but it's like there is essentially no such thing and he's like you you can't really be signed to domino and be an overnight success would you kind of say that's a fair point to extent? yeah 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 definitely um they're probably as close as you could come to it i'd say at the moment but like i probably wouldn't say that there's they would describe themselves as a success yet. Yeah, there's all this potential, everyone's excited, but you gotta wait and see where the album lands, mm. where they are in like two, three years. Like it's it's too early to say, like, you know, they're not superstars yet. We know them because we like music, but like I think, you know, you're not a household name yet, are you? As wet leg, like they got a bit of radio on play and all this, but like so they are, you know, they could be. I guess if you got heard. Within a year, one the person I would say that really went overnight success in my head, but she definitely isn't, would be like Lizzo. I heard her name, yeah, and she was getting a tiny bit of play, and then a month later, it was like she was this famous pop star. And like, I was looking at going to an O2 Academy in Kentish Town, and there was a ton of tickets. I just hadn't even bothered. Get, I was like, I'll just get one the day before. Sold out suddenly out of nowhere. And I don't know. I don't know what song she brought. I might be Juice or something, but she rocketed. And I guess Wet Legs sort of the more indie version of that. They've rocketed into yeah. like everyone in who likes indie music knows who they are now. Um, but yeah, I think everyone's grinding in the background. They've probably all been playing music since they were, you know, fifteen. You know, yeah, it yeah, just exactly. Just happen. You, you don't know, just like, come out of nowhere and just know how to play the guitar and write a really good fucking song. <laughs> you don't just yeah. do that overnight. Yeah, exactly. There's, there's obviously been yeah, there's obviously been work work behind it. Even Stormzy doing the shut up video that suddenly got a ton of like millions of hits. There's loads of stuff before that that he was doing. Like it doesn't, it's not you know just because it's happened quickly doesn't mean there wasn't a ton of build up. It's not like a linear progression. Yeah. So if if you're like a new artist, then I don't I don't mean to like cut it down to two, but like because you're in the radio team, is it like the new artist? Where would you say the, the more importance lies? If I was like a new artist now, and you're like, right, first things first, we'd get you on radio. Six, radio, or would it be a, yeah, or would it be a Spotify playlist? Oh, um, <laughs> I guess that depends who you talk to. I, I, reckon, <laughs> yeah. I think most people now would probably say streaming would be more important. Yeah. <clears throat> Um, getting- it's interesting, isn't it? Because like you're talking about like the TikTok, you get millions and millions of hits and plays, but like. I'm surely one radio play is probably worth a bit more than one hit on a, on TikTok. Like, yeah, definitely. You have to compare hit per hit almost. Yeah, they I, they're definitely not a, a ratio because also like for a record label, you also want to sell records, and someone hearing on Six Music is much more likely to buy the actual record than a kid on TikTok scrolling through hundred TikToks a day. Mm. Um, but yeah, I think I do think streaming probably comes top and then you got radio and then below that is probably getting nice press coverage these days yeah, yeah. so it's good to have it all you know yeah 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 and but like do you i guess it's, it's difficult because you, the roles in domino are so different but like the character of the band that's the looking at the people who are signed to domino it kind of feels a little bit like their music cannot be the finished product yet but like you kind of push artists to just be themselves and like discover themselves and create their own sound. And it kind of just works from that rather yeah, than labels like you need to be like this. No. Yeah. That's definitely Domino sort of USP for, for a lot of bands, like especially ones that want to be signed um, who want to keep their sort of identity. We would never ever like tell them you got to make a, an album like this, that a major label might do like it's, they bring it and, you know, we say that's great. Like that's how they want to sort of show themselves. Like, and, and we have a lot of, on Domino, we definitely have like a lot of 
passion projects that you know they don't even necessarily make any money but like we love them in-house uh, Lawrence loves it and we want to get that music out to, to fans you know in the best way possible even even if it's not necessarily the stuff that brings in the cash but we might be lucky by having you know bands like Arts and Monkeys that mean that we can afford to do that stuff you know and get, yeah. get that yeah. kind of more interesting music out there that's not necessarily going to be widely popular, but it's loved by a, you know, a cult, I guess, like cult music. We have a few albums that I guess are like cult classics. You know, you've got artists like Bonnie Prince, Billy and stuff who just, you know, they're loved by a small group of people and we love supporting those sort of, you know, projects, I guess. There's, there's so much more value in art and in music than the money that it derives as well. Yeah, 100%. You know? Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. And I think that's, yeah, I think that's shown at Domino by the, the array of stuff that we bring out, you know, and it's, I, it's great. That's what I love about it. it. It leaves, it gives that passion still, you know, even though it's a business is still, you know, for the music primarily. I like guess as well, like, sorry, I'll carry on. No, you go on, come. No, no, I was just going to say, I guess as well, it's kind of like, there's financial longevity that a band like Arts and Monkeys give as well, but then there's like a cultural longevity that like another currency in terms of like they, the more successful they are for a long period of time, the more they kind of set this precedence for other bands to like fall into and create songs that are within that genre to keep the genre alive, I guess. Rather yeah, than just, definitely. As well as making a shit ton of money. <laughs> yeah, I think, yeah, I think these artists that, you know, do bring out these maybe smaller, lesser known albums that people love. Yeah, in 30 years, people will come across and be like, oh, that was a, such a domino release, you know, and it gives it a bit of a, gives the label a sort of identity too, and like a sort of history. And, you know, hopefully Domino is going in 30 years. And then you've got, yeah, you've got your things like Arctic Monkey Switch. I don't know, I'm pretty sure it's public knowledge, but like, you can see how many records they still sell a week of like their back catalogue. And it's like, you yeah. look at it and you go, surely everyone who wants an Arctic Monkeys vinyl has bought one by now. But yeah, they still keep coming in. So, well, yeah. there's some kid, there's some kid fucking down the road who's had that first time, like all those, like all the Oasis stuff, I guess. So they hear it and it speaks to them, yeah, what they're exactly. going through, I guess. Yeah, there's always new people kind of coming up, aren't there? Like we get a Shazam review come through each week and our top Shazams are always like, I bet you look good on the dance floor. And I'm like, <laughs> what? <Yeah. laughs> who's, who's Shazam in that? But, you know, I guess it's new to, you know, if you're 15, you might only just come across Arctic Monkeys. Yeah, yeah what feeling that is, right? I know. <laughs> Imagine getting to like hear through that back catalogue once, like for the first time again. Oh, yeah. class. Yeah, that would be clear. I'd say the importance, I bet, well, I was going to ask as well, there's probably some stuff that comes across your desk that you actually just don't like. Or are you very diplomatic about it? And some stuff that I, that I work on. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's certain things that probably don't suit my taste as much. <laughs> I wouldn't name any of them, but like, <laughs> it kind of helps that my, the other radio plugger, she's my head of radio. There's just two of us in the department though, but we've got quite different tastes. And a lot of the stuff that I don't like or wouldn't listen to as much, she's more into. So it works quite well because then I'll do the, you know, do vice versa. So, yeah, it, it works. But, you, you know, I think it's better if you love everything, you're especially if you're pitching for radio, because I think your passion comes through. Like, it's yeah. hard to bullshit. Okay, we can do it sometimes, but, like, it's better, you know. But I can usually appreciate it because domino like we we have good stuff like i can appreciate why someone would like it even if it's not something that i'd get up on spotify and listen to um but it has helped broaden my horizons before i started domino probably some of the artists i wouldn't have listened to at all on spotify and then and then because i'm working it i have to listen to the album over and over again and i'm like this actually bangs this yeah, bangs right. you know you suddenly start loving some fucking harpsichord or something that's been coming in and i'm like that's actually quite decent i can see what they've done right now who was uh who was in your who was in your top of your spotify rap or you do not fuck uh, with that because you're a radio guy 
No, <laughs> I my Spotify was low this year because I've been trying to listen to as much radio. But like the, my Spotify raps always fucked because I pretty much just listen to Spotify in the gym. So it's just like dance, <laughs> heavy yeah. dance music, or like fucking Dave. You know, like it's not <laughs> yeah. it's, it's not good as someone who works at an indie <laughs> indie record label. It's like Stormzy, Dave, like Charlie XCX or something like Pop or something like Dua Lipa, and I'm like, this is terrible. I just tell people oh, I've not I've not looked. I have no no idea what it says. But yeah. <laughs> it's too embarrassing. But it might always is has something random like. You're the only person who listened to Dua Lipa into like Hen Ogleth or something, which is like <laughs> massive difference. But you know, there's a different wide variety. Yeah. Um, so that's yeah. My Spotify app is a bit warped by by my gym playlist. To be honest, <laughs> yeah. I think all five songs were on my gym playlist, so it's a bit not as exciting. Yeah. When I saw us. No different from Bane. I'm surprised his top five songs weren't all King Giz and Lizard Wizard. So, nip that right in the bud. What is uh, what is interesting is you say like there's still a sheer importance on selling records, right? On vinyl. Yeah, definitely. Is that, is that massive? Just the vinyl revival, almost. Yeah, I think selling records is still really important, especially to us. I think a major maybe when you've got an when you've got an artist that makes crazy streaming numbers like the billions then then you're probably not as bothered you're making a lot of money then from streaming but for a lot of our artists for us and for our artists selling records is important particularly our artists i don't actually know the ins and outs of what our contract would look like but i know that a lot of our artists make their money from live and record sales and they they don't make that much from streaming because if you even if you get like quite a few million a year from streaming you're not you're not making much as an artist to be perfectly honest um so yeah records is still really important like it's it's the best way especially if you want to support rather than label but support your own artist i'd say you've got to be buying their records and even better buy their like t-shirts or something like that yeah do you find as well like because you're a pretty global record label, despite being like a small independent label. Yeah. How much involvement do you have in terms of like pitching it? Are you just your UK audience or do you kind of have an influence in it going elsewhere as well? Um, I'm just UK, but we have an international department that sort of liaise with, we've got offices in like France, Germany, and like big one in America and stuff like, and I'm pretty sure there's a few more elsewhere, but there's people the international department yeah work with in each country. Like we've got a, a lot of fans in like Mexico and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, so there are people who everything feeds back to our office in the UK um, in terms of yeah internationally kind of sorting promo and everything. But we do have yeah people in in individual countries that that saw that. Because I guess it was going to lead on to the question of like this whole concept of like breaking America and how yeah. tricky it is to kind of convert a band's popularity in the UK into the US. It's really tough. The US. Yeah, it's it's really tough. And it, it's mostly that I wouldn't say it necessarily comes from like if they're doing well in the UK, that doesn't translate really. Just some stuff hits better in, in the US. Like we've got we got a big office there, and like if it's a if it's one of our artists' first albums, like some we're all shocked because Wet Legs sold out some shows in America. I don't know how big they were, but it was like they sold out some shows, which was like how how have how have Americans even heard about this? And it's so difficult because it's hard. A lot of getting a band known is them selling a story and we're just so different to America in terms of the stories that we like to hear and you know what what might sell a band here what probably won't won't work over there um so it's it's tough and I don't really know how it happens I know major and stuff will just have a ton of money and get them on stuff but for us it's sort of you just have to build organically and then if it goes well, then more emphasis will go on to the American side of things on the next project. Like I'm, we work out where 
does best on a project and then we pretty much let that country lead with what they need first and then we work yeah. around them you know even if it's france we've got some artists that just do really well in france so we have to work around them which might not be perfect for uk radio but that's their biggest market so so you you know you work with that yeah, it's interesting. It's I didn't interesting, really answer like, your question, to be honest. But basically, yeah, it's tough. It's a pr- you well, I've given to... you, <laughs> I've given you a question that like is one of the biggest mysteries in the whole music industry is how do British bands break America? <laughs> but I was just curious to know in terms of like the the promotion on it and radio and like how the disparity of how things work on on different radio, like because it's interesting. Like like Wet Leg are a good example. Like Shay's Long is a song that is like in humor sense is very British. Mm-hmm. And you, on paper, you wouldn't have said that would have gone well in America. No, st- still on three songs, they're playing fucking Jimmy Fallon or whatever it is. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's ridiculous, and I, I think I can't remember exactly what the line is, but like in the Wet Leg songs, they also use quite a lot of like things that you'd only hear in England, like some of the slang or like rude words they use. Um, yeah. I can't remember the exact line, but like when you search it on Google, it you see like, there's like, what does this mean after it? Um, <laughs> and it, you can tell it's just all the Americans like Googling, like what the fuck are they going to after this muffin? Like they have no idea. Um, <laughs> but, but yeah, it's, <laughs> it's work for them. So fair play. Are there some bands on, on, on your roster now that you like? you like you've championed you've gone to radio and just been like you love that that artist that you've gone to the radio with from domino yeah since since i've been there yeah definitely like um band called sorry um oh they got a song called cigarette packet they have yeah fuck it as a two that's a banger yeah Yeah. um so a couple years ago they released their like debut album 925 and uh that was that was the first one that i kind of worked on that that felt like me and Jillian gave a real good push um, that I loved and was like all on board with. And then the other one would be Georgia. Um, and she just did so well for us. Like not just at six, but she was all over Radio One. First did my first ever live lounge with her and stuff. Like it was a proper, like exciting, like we love this artist and, you know, we wanted to do so well. And and when it happens, it's, it's so nice because you, you meet, especially working in promo, it's, it's lovely because you get to meet the artists to take them into radio or whatever. So you become more friendly with them and it, you want them to do well just as a person rather than just to do your job well. You know, you want you want as much success for them as possible. Yeah. How, how did that work, that live lounge thing? What's the process behind that when you kind of go and push them there? Um, so, so there's definitely like steps with sort of, you need to get a certain play amount of playlists. You know, you you couldn't just pitch for a live lounge without an A list. Like you got to work your way there. You want to get a you know, st- so like I'll give you like a simple like sort of example with Radio One. To get a playlist, you want things like a hottest record on Clara Ampho. That's a really good stepping stone to get you there. And then, you know, if you can get the introducing track of the week things like this as you go along then you can get playlists and then from there you can try and there's times for you to go okay let's pitch for an interview or let's pitch for a live lounge or if we're doing dance music a radio one residency or something like that like you have to build enough momentum you can't just you know go straight in with like for the big stuff you need to have ticked off i guess like a certain amount of levels before before you get it um and yeah i think she'd had a few a-lists i think for a live lounge you've got to be like a a sort of a-list artist sort of getting greg james tune of the week and stuff like that um and is that down to their taste the the when they pick tune of the week yeah stuff like that yeah so the way it sort of works is that the producer will will sieve out the stuff that they think that the the presenter will like and a lot of them have worked together for, for many years. They do know what they like. Let's say they have a list of 50, then they'll go through that each week with the presenter and say, what can we reflect? What we've we got space for? Because they don't, they don't always have a ton of free plays. Greg James, I'm not even sure he has any, maybe a couple. Like, it's not a lot because um, a lot of it, the, the playlist has to have a certain amount of plays too. Um, 
but but yeah like it most presenters have quite a heavy influence on on what they choose to choose to play that's sick yeah because i was was aware especially with radio one yeah free plays are limited so to know the hottest record and on like those evening shows it's good to know that that they're pushing their taste because ultimately like some of them are taste makers like Annie Mac like Annie Mac she could play fucking the worst song in the world and I would think it was class yeah me too (laughs) I was obsessed with her um (laughs) and, and like yeah, no, they they get a lot, and when you get to sort of Animax time, the evening stuff, they get a lot more free plays. You know, that's Nick. That's interesting. Like, cause like Shana Larry's on there now, the Welsh girl, right? And yeah, she like class. pumps Welsh tunes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's like, all on yeah, her. That she she's yeah she's allowed to have that freedom to do that, which is you know which is that's nice. Cool, man. Yeah. Oh, like a dream dream job to have, really, isn't it? I know, yeah, it's tempting to work towards it. I do like a little radio show on a little online thing. I'm like, ah, oh, yeah, really Boogaloo, put, isn't put, it? On Boogaloo, yeah. I'm like, I yeah. put, a bit more, put a, bit, a bit more time in, you know, try and like, you know, go to work your way up with it. Because I guess it would be, imagine, yeah, just going in every day and just playing some tunes. Oh, man, like, and I think that evening slot as well, like there's something about, like, I obviously know she doesn't do anymore, but like the just when you choose to drive in the evening slot and Annie Mac, it would just kind of be you and her. And now it's Clara, like equally, like it's like they you kind of have that relationship with the presenter and you kind of feel them recommending songs to you. And it's just such a great like show to listen to. And then to be yeah, able to definitely. have that process of giving it out to class. Yeah, yeah. Sharing it and you know, yeah, exactly. It, well, it's the same as this, it's just when you share it with one of your friends, that's what. That's what you want yeah. to do. You're like, you've got to hear this tune, mate. It's so good. And then when both of you love it, you're like, get a bit excited. It's doing that with the masses, you know? Yeah. Was, uh, so was that the inspiration behind the Boogaloo show? Like, how did that come about? The... <laughs> That came about because I was, I'd moved to London. I was doing a music internship and I was like, I need to do something that I really love and don't spend any money on a Friday night. And I was like, you know what I'll do? I'll pop into that pub and they've got a radio station back. And I just added, added a little natter with Jenny runs and was like, got any slots? And she was like, you can do the Friday night slot because I wanted to play dance music. Perfect. Go there, get given a pint. And, and it just started from there as like a way of just sort of doing something fun and interesting without, you know, in like a, I guess, an area that I was passionate about um, with radio and sort of built from there into just like, I fucking love doing this. So now, yeah, I've been doing, I've been, been doing it for like a couple of years. Um, but yeah, it's, it is fun, you know, and, and I'm doing that. And I know that like, I put it on Mixcloud, you're getting like 40, 50 people listen back. It's not a lot. But it's fun, you know, and I enjoy yeah. it. Um, and when when you were, when I was doing it in the pub before COVID hit, like it would be on in the in the pub and like in the smokers and stuff, you know, that's that would be enough. You'd come out of your little shed and have a cigarette or whatever, and four people would be like like that one, I'm like brilliant, that'll do. <laughs> yeah. Successful night. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Are you saying thank you Wembley at the end of your? End yeah, of your pretty show, much. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, it's uh, it's even like. There's a couple of things there, like to get the Friday night. I know for most people, they want to go out and socialise on Friday night. But if I went into a radio station and said, can I have a slot? And they said Friday night, just out the gate. I'd be pretty happy with that. Yeah, I was buzzing like, with it. Yeah, it's so good. It worked It worked so well for me. And now with I can pre-record and stuff. It is hard to do. It. I'd rather do it on the night, though, because I think <laughs> it's quite hard when it's just like Wednesday and I'm like, got to try and give it that sort of dance, sort of Friday night vibe. I'm not that shouty. That's just not really me on the radio. But um, you want to have still good energy. And I think it's better when it's on a Friday evening and got beer in hand and stuff. It just, yeah, it works. And the thrill of it being live still to the whatever yeah. audience maybe that thrill yeah. of being live. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And and you become more comfortable with it. I don't know. I'm sure you boys have found with doing a podcast, the, I, the first couple of episodes, you're probably a bit more like, just like less casual. And then yeah. over time, you just get used to, you know, having a microphone next to your mouth or however, you know, whatever it is. And that's the same with radio. The first few 
things i was so nervous i'd be like uh this is hot chip uh, you know like <laughs> uh, and i even brought a couple of friends on before and like one of my mates he's, he's like he's like proper me he's like oh, i'm so chill i'm so chill turns up with his like moody man vinyl and he's like yeah yeah man. I'm, I'm calm i'm calm he was literally in the pub like <laughs> in hand like trying to drink his pint before like i think he drank about three pints in 15 minutes i was like you don't need to drink anymore there's like 10 people <laughs> listening to this settle um but it is nerve-wracking at first and it's, it's a good skill to to learn just to be able to talk freely yeah yes you know we know that exact feeling. We did a we did a radio set of Green Man this year, and we all shat our pants. <laughs> <laughs> and like, yeah, drunk and like you mate, drunk like twenty cans in like ten minutes. <laughs> yeah, it just settles the nerves, doesn't it? And then it's, oh, yeah. Yeah. we had we had all the tunes on a USB stick, and I like pulled out the lighter and gave it to Cargo, and there's the USB, and he thought I was taking the piss. And I generally thought it was the USB. I had to go leg it back to the tent to go get the USB. <laughs> oh, man, nightmare. Oh. Were you just, what, popped up in a tent or something there? They're like a caravan almost, don't they? Yeah. 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 And where does the radio go out? Like around the festival or online or what? Online and then like within like a 20 mile radius or something oh, up cool. and down nice. the valley. So yeah, I mean nice. no one listens to us, right? It was like eleven o'clock on a Friday night, right in the middle of the headline now. But <laughs> <laughs> tell you what, Welcome we could have been world. Glastonbury. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, you you got the guys in the smokers listening. Yeah, you, guys, well, you know. Did you not get a free ticket for Green Man for it though? <laughs> I fucking wish. <laughs> <No. yeah. laughs> Two beers yeah. each now is it? Yeah. <laughs> Pay 200 quid for Have that a radio slot. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. It was fun though. Yeah. yeah we, Green uh, Man. I haven't been to Green Man, but it looks incredible. Like it's in Bracken Beacons, isn't it? Oh, and it's just, and it's, uh, and it's like, you know, you, you can go to other festivals for the experience of like oh it would be a good weekend but like mm. i feel people you go to green man because you're like you look at that lineup and it's always class and yeah. it's like it's full of a lot of music fans there you can go there and have a great weekend but i feel like the people who buy the ticket are there for the the music yeah, definitely. it's pretty easy festival to get around in it the only thing is it's like it's i mean we're radio six fans but we're not radio six dads it's filled with radio six dads mm. <laughs> yeah there's, there's, a, there's a lot of kids yeah. up on that hill when we're yeah cans at four o'clock in the afternoon <laughs> hey, i know how you feel i went to end of the road which i guess is like the english version of green man and it was like i've never seen so many idols t-shirts on beer <laughs> yeah <laughs> Yeah, well, Fontaine's headlined Green Man this year, so it was like the same yeah. experience, you know. Yeah, I bet. But it was but, hilarious um, though, watching like we saw Thundercat and Black Midi, and as soon as they started playing, like one tune in, you just saw all the boomers leave because they don't like anything that's not four four timing. You know? Yeah, <laughs> it's max Exodus. How was Thundercat? I'd love to see Thundercat. Guy was yeah, weapons. But it was too good. <laughs> Yeah, exactly he was like, that. he was like, uh, he was in between songs. He was like, kind of listing off his influences, and he was like, he was like that cool mate who puts you onto a tune. But he was like, kind of telling the crowd, "You're not as cool as I am because you don't know this yeah, guy." Yeah. Like, Does anyone know such and such? And everyone was like, "Stone Silence." He was like, "Oh, you'd go check him out," and then he'd do another one, and we were like. Yeah, fuck, we get it. Yeah, right. You have yeah. an encyclopedic knowledge of jazz <laughs> that we just do not know about. Yeah, that's your job, mate. I you know. I'll go back in the van on Monday. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. When um when you do the radio, then like you say you're not a shouty guy, but like how, how do you because especially doing dance on a Friday night and those shows are usually kind of broken up with a little bit of chat. How do you what is your style of chat on that? I I guess I I, the kind of music I play, I don't know. I, I listen to like NTS a fair amount and you've got like people like Moxie and stuff who do, do like a dance show on there. And I sort of more of that sort of thing where you pre I pretty much just let people know what the song is, especially for the second half of the show where like I've got into like slightly more raging stuff. I'm like, no one's enjoying this other than me. <laughs> um, uh, but like before that, I just mainly just like, 
anecdotal, maybe a bit about the week, maybe a bit about the time I heard this artist out, if there's a funny story. Like the, the nice thing about it is that usually if I have heard them and it's been a big night, I probably have something funny to say because just yeah. comes hand in hand with getting pissed, doesn't it? Like yeah. there's all, all the best stories are getting pissed. So, you know, I've got plenty to share. My mum messages me when I'm like, she always like listens in. She's like, number one fan. I'm like, you're a legend. And then, like, <laughs> yeah. When I go home, she's like, I learn more about your life from listening to radio show than when you come home. Like, I do the, like teenage kid thing where I come home, I'm like, yeah, I was school. Yeah, it was all right. Whereas on radio, I'll, like, I'll, I'll give, I'll actually like divulge some yeah. information. Um, she's like, who the fuck is this? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I need to remember she's listening sometimes, actually, because usually I've got so comfortable talking as if no one else can hear it. that I'm like saying half the stuff that I just don't want anyone to hear. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, we know the feeling. Eh? Yeah, like, yeah, and, you know, all sorts of different kinds of use of things. And I'm like, why have I said that online? <laughs> yeah. Like, but yeah. Oh, man. Playlists, playlist time is it, boys? Let's do it. Hit the ground running then, Bane. Oh, coming up to me first, is it? All right. So I'm going for a song called Abraka by a man called The Funkies, which are like a late 60s, early 70s Afro psych rock thing from Nigeria. Uh, They made their way up to London in like the early 70s. But uh, yeah, awesome stuff. Very evident this time. yeah, I kind of stumbled onto these having uh, gone a bit of a hole with Witch, which is a similar similar sort of band. We intend to cause havoc from like that time and that part of the world. That's it, really. Nice, man. You uh, submit this one for the New Year's playlist. I is that did, the one? Man. That's the one. Yeah. Do you have a New Year's party together, you lot? Yeah. In my flat, I don't remember any of it, mate. So I'm the wrong person to ask. <laughs> you think they were there? Not sure. Yeah, I was gonna say. I remember Bane sent through the songs and put this on the playlist, and I put it on in the afternoon. And I was like, "Oh, I'm looking forward to dancing to this one." So I'm sure I had a good time when I did have danced it. But yeah, I, I actually, I actually think it got skipped by somebody, and then Eleanor Rigby came on, and I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> "Of all the fucking Beatles songs." Oh fucking. Hell. Yeah, so I pretty pretty on topic to be fair. I I basically stuck to songs from Twenty Twenty One because I've just found like I don't know. I think it's nice to show that there's still good music coming out now. Then like it's so easy to just say I love fucking Donna Summer or something. But like it's nice, you know. Um, so I've gone straight in. We're playing Wet Leg for Shays Long. That's that's on the playlist. Um, it's just been. I think it's just. If I'm selecting six on twenty twenty one, like that's one that's got to be on there, really. Is your muffin buttered? Would you like us to assign someone to butter your muffin? Excuse me. What? Excuse me. And then another yeah. artist, uh, Aluya, with a track called Ethiopia. I came across her because um, I basically love Little Sims's album this year. I mean, it was it was quality. It's probably she supported my favorite. Her this year, right? Didn't she? And the, yeah, and she supported yeah. her. So I was like, found this. You know, I find like that's a really good way of finding new artists, and seeing who's supporting the artists that you like. Um, and yeah, came came across her, and and I just think she's sick.
come in peace uh. Lead like Khalifa Balance like even Natural we keep and They piss, they see I know this I was actually gutted I was going to be going to see Little Sims in Brixton Like before Christmas But with Covid I, I didn't risk it So I didn't get to see her But uh, Oh no, Hopefully oh, soon Missed Hopefully out man soon. We saw her on that tour as well man Did you? Yeah I saw so her good. You boys saw her in Cardiff Didn't you? And she was different gravy Oh yeah, I'm so jealous. <laughs> She's so like jealous. that was like three nights in a row at Brixton as well. So that would have been yeah. like I should have just gone. My mum was like, Are you really gonna risk Christmas for that? And I was like, I might risk it for little Sims. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I yeah, uh, it was uh it was definitely a show that was worth risking Christmas for. Eh? But uh another time. I'm sure she'll play a festival in the summer I can get to. Yeah. Are you going to any festivals next year? You got any nothing nothing locked in yet i'm still holding out for a glassbury ticket through work but we'll see it's gonna require (laughs) some serious ass licking (laughs) (laughs) al do you want to go or shall i because i'm still very torn i'll go mate i'll 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 give you another few minutes to to ponder your decision i almost went for the song we talked about earlier sorry cigarette packet nice but um as soon as we mentioned it i want (laughs) this one i almost picked it for the for the Buzzard, buzzard, buzzard one. But I'm going to pick a Beyonce song. (laughs) uh, I'm going to go Daddy Lessons off Lemonade. (laughs) Nice. What an hour. This is what what I I thought you were going with Freedom. I thought that's what you were holding Uh, up. Yeah, I was going to go Freedom, man. She's got a set of pipes in that, hasn't she? But I don't know. I just went Daddy Lessons. Just, I don't know. Like, exactly. Like, Spot Any playlist with a bit of Beyonce ends decent to me. To be honest. <laughs> yes. I'm glad you've scratched that itch, Al, because you've been wanting yeah, to scratch that itch for a long well, time. It was still itching, which is why I just had to just nip it in the bud. Otherwise, I'd become <laughs> a fucking Beyonce super fan. So. <laughs> all right i've wanted to drop in like a bit of dance music so i'm a big fan and i went for joy orbison leah sam with better um i just think his album was sick this year and and that was the catchiest tune from it Another one will be Berwin with a track called Rubber Bands. He's like uh, plays the keys and and raps a bit, you know, I guess a bit similar to Dave, but but smaller. And uh, I remember being in the pub like not this December, but just the year before. And I was chatting to a girl who also did a bit of radio, but a major label. I was like, who's going to be the next big thing then? And she's like, oh, there's this this guy called Berwin. He's, He's really good. And I was like, all right, I looked him up a year later. He was like everywhere. I was like. Fair. She was on on the money with that one. Yeah. The job. Yeah. Yeah. Once upon a time, fell in love. It was fun. Once upon a time, fell in love. I was done. His crew's your crew. Don't know why, but I'm sorry. Spoke to the walls at this side of the story. And I never wanted to hurt your heart Or tear you to pieces That's just what love is Oh, well, that leaves me on nice. I'm going to I'm gonna choose a Dizzy Rascal tune. Uh, chilling with the Mandem. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Oh, this off, is uh, so rogue. But it's uh, off the Tongue and Cheek album, but it came on my... I was listening and it came on and I was like, Fuck, this is such a good song. I listened to it probably like 10 times on repeat. But uh yeah. His old it. stuff is unreal, like mass yeah. in English, like all yeah. that sort of stuff. It was just like, oh yeah, he's killing it. He came out, he came out 
like I maybe a couple of years ago and was like, I think he was a bit livid that he's not been getting like the big headline festival slots that he thinks he deserves. And I kind of mm. like, do you know what? It would be a hell of a show. It'd be such a good yeah, show. It would be it. fun, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah it would yeah. be fun. He does have enough back catalogue, but he just needs to stop bringing out shit tunes now. to be fair Bane and I saw him live he supported the chili peppers what does he rascal did yeah personally selected personally selected by fleet (laughs) and it went down so well did it yeah loved it Yeah. yeah Place is pumping. Where was that? At Motorpoint? No. No. Nebworth House. They had like, who did they have on? The, the Wombats and like Reverend and the Makers like well early in the afternoon. Well, Indie Mac- Wet Dream. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Quiet them down a bit and then Dizzy Rascal <laughs> came on. <laughs> oh, bring oh. us home, Oscar. All right. Uh, I've gone for a couple of my favourite tracks. We've, they're both like uh, indie bands. We've got Yard Act with Overload. I just think it's just, yeah, banger. Uh, and I think, I don't, I think their debut album must be coming soon because they've released, they've done that thing where a band releases like eight songs. And I'm like, that's got to be most of the album. Like, is there yeah. actually anything left? Like, you've stopped, you're not just tickling our balls. Like, you've given us a full <laughs> flow here. <laughs> And then uh, I've gone for warm douche of wildflowers. Um, they're just fucking, they're, they're, they're mental. I don't know how much, how many drugs that band takes, but I imagine <laughs> it's quite a lot. Uh, I saw them at uh, End of the Road. They're, they're just, you know, blew away live. Anything with a saxophone on stage, I'm like, this is decent. And I sent that tune in to a, a producer because like, one of our artists had picked it as also as one of their songs of the year. And the producer messaged me back being like, um, I don't think we're going to be able to play this on the radio because every sentence begins with fuck. And I was like, <laughs> um, you need the radio edit. I was like, have you got that? Because, yeah, it was, yeah. But I'd, I'd completely forgotten that every, yeah, every sentence was rude. And I was like, shit, what have I done here? Oh, fuck these deadlines, rules and regulations. Fuck all these smartphone machines. Fuck this company fishing gas car thing I've been driving. Fuck the pinger with his run and hickey breath. And uh, fuck this cheap cologne on my neck and stupid beard I've been riding. Fuck it all, motherfucker. I'm going straight to the hot spot. Yep. Sick. Gospel. Pleasure, Oscar. I always enjoy chatting to people from like labels and stuff like that because it's so interesting. It's such like an interesting world. Yeah, no. Where worries. can people find you, Oscar? Where can they find your radio show and stuff? You can well, you can find me on boogalooradio.com. We've also got a mixed cloud. Uh, otherwise, I'm not big on social media. You can find me on Twitter, Oscar Lawrence, and the the Middle East are three. That's it. That's oh, all niche. I got. Right. Yeah, yeah. Hey, just get to Boogaloo in your in your spare time. Listen to that. Yeah, ex- exactly. I'm, I'm I plan on uh, sharing a few more like mixes and stuff on SoundCloud this year. That's my uh, on my 20, 2022 goals. So uh, once I get nice. that up and running, I'll uh, I'll send you the link. You can pop that <laughs> pop yeah. that in somewhere. I'll yeah, put that absolutely. on at a party and and forget that one as well. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> perfect. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, cheers, oh, man. Thanks, man. <laughs> No worries, no worries. Hopefully see you boys for a beer at some point. Yeah, 
And that's it. Thank you for listening to another episode of The LES Show. Be sure to head over to the Instagram to get access to all the playlists we've created on all of the episodes this year. As well as that, you can buy our brand new t-shirts on the website and sign up to the newsletter that's going to be coming to your inbox every month this year. Sit down and soak it up.